joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, your fabulous host. As you know, I am the queen of feeling fabulous. And I have a very, very enchanting show for you today. And I'm using the word enchanting because my guest has done some very enchanting things. And so we're going to talk about some of that, and she's going to share her wonderful wealth of information about this secret process that she's created that is just really profound. And um, I want you guys to tune in because if you're looking for something different to help you live a blissful living life, then you've come to the right place. If you're looking for a way or ways to help you reduce or possibly eliminate stress from your life, then you are at the right place. I always try to bring innovative and and cutting-edge technology into how we can live our life blissfully. And my guest today is Maritza Parra, and she is just this fabulous, fabulous gal. She has, check this out, been interviewed by the Oprah Winfrey. So you know I'm bringing it to you hard and heavy with the best that I could possibly give. But not only that, let me tell you just a tiny bit about Maritza. She's a very successful entrepreneur, and she's known as the product creation queen. And also, she's done some really interesting things that we're going to delve into more about with um, the utilization of horses. And and just to give you a little bit of background about that, um, she has worked with horses. She had a dancing stallion horse show. She traveled all over the U.S. Uh, performing and, and touring, and and she just has this wonderful, wonderful gift with the animals. Um, some of her clients include um, the late author James A. Metchner, Matt Damon, Penelope Cruz, Mark Victor Hansen, and Billy Bob Thornton. And and because she has so many unique talents, we're going to open up the show with her revealing her talent behind horses in this very secret, which will soon not be secret to you guys, um, process that she developed that helps her to cre- keep the stress uh, well-balanced in her life. Also, Maritza has a retreat center um, in San Antonio, Texas, and so we're going to talk more about that as well. So without further further delay, let me just welcome beautiful, talented, creative, and very empowering Maritza Parra to the show. Welcome, Maritza. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Rochelle, and thank you so much. You definitely are the queen of feeling fabulous because with that introduction, I have no other option but to feel fabulous. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. You're so kind. And, of course, I wish they could see you because you're absolutely beautiful. Just you, You're beautiful uh, looking. You have a beautiful energy. You have a beautiful spirit. And, and you're very giving. And, um, and that just encompasses all the beauty in the world. And so tell us a little bit about your background with horses because I told them that you're this product screen creation. How – you know, um, I'm sorry, product creation queen, how, how you know, the people are probably thinking, well, what the heck does that got to do with blissful living? And, and I want people to know that we're really not, you know, we're really, we're really going to focus on the beautiful other aspects that you bring to us. So tell us about your background with horses. Well, thank you so much. But I have been obsessed with horses since I was a little kid. I was the kid who all of the art projects at school would be about a horse. And when we had to do little sculptures, I would make an ashtray that was shaped like a, uh, a horse um, horseshoe, and nobody in my family smoked. So I was always just totally obsessed. And finally, my dad bought me a horse when I was a little girl. And 
So I was in dreamland, and I spent all my time with the horses. And as I grew, I figured out how to turn my love for horses into a business. Because when I was a teenager, you know, it's the time when we start, you know, getting our first job. And I got a job at a laundromat, and I absolutely hated it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I had to, you know, sweep and mop the floors and just do all of the things nobody else wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And after spending a lot of time outside with these magnificent beings, it was, I knew that I was going to die if I had to, you know, continue to do that. And, and I also realized that I didn't really want to have another person telling me what to do in my life. <laughs> so those were the first, you know, rumblings of entrepreneur that I ever had. And my brother had also gotten into the horses, and we had two other friends who were into horses, so we each had a horse. And for one of my father's birthdays, um, the, the type of riding we were really into is called dressage. So uh-huh. it's kind of like horse, it's like horse ballet. So we kind of make them dance. And I did this choreographed show, and we had music, and it was for my dad's birthday. We we just said, okay, we're going to do a show for him and his friends, and everybody loved it. It was a hit. And somebody there was on the board of the South Texas Kidney Foundation. Uh huh. And. They were doing a fundraiser, and this person said, oh, my gosh, what you guys did is so great. You know, we were kids at the time. He said, would you guys do this for our our next fundraiser? And I said, sure, yeah, we'll do it. Some of the San Antonio Spurs were there. There were a lot of local celebrities. So it was great networking, uh-huh. even though I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, but I did make a lot of connections, and then we were invited to another event, and another event, and then one day, an attorney, uh, an attorney's wife said, I would love it if you guys would come and do the horse show for my husband's birthday. And in my mind, I said, well, attorneys make money. So exactly. I can go ahead and ask for a fee. And I asked for it, and she instantly said yes. And I said, you know what? If one person is willing to do this, right. then I'm sure there are other people. So that's how my first business was born around these amazing animals that have taught me so much about being in the present moment. Yeah. Because, you know, most animals can really help us with that, like dogs and cats. Right. But we work with the stallions. Those are the ones we ride. The mares, we just keep them for breeding purposes, and so we don't really ride them. Mm -hmm. So we only ride the stallions. And it can be very dangerous if you're not very present and mindful with the animal. Right. So that is one of the greatest gifts that they have given me. And these animals, they know when you're under stress. They can feel the fear and they they react completely differently. So I started realizing as I was growing up, um, because when you're young, you don't really have a lot of stress later right. on in life. Or you, you do know. when you don't know what it is. <laughs> right, right. And, and you can kind of ignore it. Right. Um, and later on, you, you're going through life and you're realizing, okay, relationships, um, money, all of these things that, that are going on. And when I would go ride the horses, if I was preoccupied, if I was scared, they would totally react differently to me. So I started realizing, wow, I need to manage the way I feel inside if I'm going to keep working with these horses on a daily basis. So that was such an amazing lesson for me. And really one of the um, seeds of where I got what we're going to talk about, the process. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I ride horses, and of course not you know, to your capacity, but I've been riding since I was a kid and just, I'm such a animal lover. I love, love, love animals. Um, you know, the only thing I don't have an infinity for is rodents, <laughs> you know, and maybe if I, I don't know, I just, you know, it's just this fear factor that's inside me. Um, and I'm sure I probably could relate to them if I just got rid of the fear that I have about around rodents, but I love animals. I mean, I, you know, communicate with the birds. I, you know, I'm kind of like this animal communicator, but I don't give myself that title. I just relate to them, you know, fish, um, birds, dogs, cats, wild turtle, whatever. But um, when I was young and I first started riding horses, you know, um, I was never fearful of them. And I would go up to them and talk to them and 
and I'll introduce myself as if like I'm talking to you, and they're very receptive. And over the years, you know, as I got to be a better writer and, and things of that nature, I lived um, – I grew up in San Jose, and in Milpitas, there was this stable, and I could go up there, and I would go up there all the time, and pretty soon they would just let me, you know, just come up there and hang around the horses, and, and I did feel when I was a teenager that when I was stressed, and I, at that time, you don't know what it is, but you just feel something's not right, I would go and just sit with the horses and talk to them, and they'd nudge me and love me and, you know, and all that good stuff, and it was just, you know, now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, that was very therapeutic. It saved me a lot of money, and, you know, um, professional therapy. But what I did notice was that when there was a writer that was going to be riding a horse um, and they were very fearful and stressed, even though I might have had a relationship with that horse and I didn't get that, when I would see that person getting on the horse, I could see it in the horse and the horse would be communicating with me like, I don't think this person is going to be good for me. And so it's um, it's amazing that, you know, how the animal kingdom relates to us in, in and how they pick up our vibe, so to speak, and how they react exactly. to our vibes. And 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 the other thing I think is really amazing is you actually have these stallions dancing and you choreographed it. How amazing is that? Who would have ever thought that that could even be done? You know, it, it's just you just have this unique relationship with them, and um, it, it's. I, it's unspeakable for me because I, I, I'm speechless, which is amazing because I always have stuff to say. So um, I just want to well, thank you. I love your insight. It's beautiful. How they're, they are like a thermostat for a human. Right. And they do just like let us know exactly what's going on. I didn't know that you were, you know, so into horses. So you are invited here to the Hacienda whenever you can get to San Antonio. Oh, girl. Okay, how about next week? No. <laughs> really? Because, yeah, I, I just I, I just love um, I just love their presence. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's, um, you know, they're big, but they're gentle. And, and when you look into their eyes, it's it's really calming and, and bringing me to my mindful state and, and just being out there with them and feeling their energy and, and their personalities. And, you know, it, it, it's it's just a beautiful experience. It, it, I, I can't even describe it because I'm getting all welled up inside just thinking about it. It's warming my heart, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I want you to tell us, you know, what, um, how did you get into self-empowerment? You know, how, I mean, you went, you know, you're working with the horses and you're doing this beautiful work with them and you're going around traveling and you've got these high profile, you know, celebrity clients and you're going around traveling and doing this beautiful dance with the horses that you create choreograph, you know, choreograph. How did that lead you to the self-empowerment stuff? Well, I ended up, um, we traveled all over the country and then my brother and the two other brothers, um, they all got married, and so obviously they didn't want to travel as much because, you know, they were setting up their homes and, right. you know, starting to have families and stuff. So I started um, marketing the show to convention and, and visitor groups that were coming to San Antonio, and um, I ended up getting married, too, and I was, you know, very happy for a few years, and we were trying, of course, I'm Latina, so mm-hmm. one of the things that's really inculcated into us is starting a family. Oh, yes. And so we started trying to have a family, and we were having trouble, so we went to um, the fertility clinic. They put me on stuff like Clomid, and then they did in vitro, and it didn't work. And so the doctor told me, you need to stop riding the horses. You need to just dedicate yourself to um you know, being peaceful, de-stressing, you know, put all the horse stuff away for now. Right. So I did the last few shows that I had to, that I had committed to, and then for a year I just didn't do anything, but we tried to do the baby thing. Mm-hmm. And then one day my husband came home and said he wanted a divorce. Oh. So I had, you know, kind of dismantled my business. And then I, I was just devastated, you know, for it was the first divorce in my entire family. Oh. Yes, we'd all been, you know, everyone's married for like 65 years. Yeah. You know, 
it's the Latino tradition, right? You know, you marry right. your partner and you're there forever. Yes, through thick and thin. Exactly. And so I started really having so much self-doubt. I had doubted, you know, I started doubting everything in retrospect. And I started having panic attacks. And up to that point, you know, I'd heard of people who had panic attacks and high anxiety. And I was like, what is wrong with them? What, you know, just calm down. And now I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, I shouldn't have, like, been so light about it, but I totally get it. Right. And um, I went to the doctor, and he wanted to put me on an anti-anxiety medication. And I I took it for two days. And then I just said, you know what, I don't want to do this. Right. I do not want to be part of the living dead. I just, you know, I'm going to do anything that I have to do before I do this. So I actually called my cable company and I had them turn off the TV in my home. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any negative messages, you know, coming into my space. Right. I totally, you know, got rid of so much stuff in my house. It became very zen and simple. I just said, you know, there's a lot of things in here with energy that I need to release. Right. Um, and then I started learning about meditation. I started throwing myself, you know, when you turn off the TV, you find out how much time you actually have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I started reading, like, all kinds of self-empowering books. And then I developed a a part of the process that we're going to talk about that was a journaling system that really, really worked for me. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, I got rid of my panic attacks in just a few months, and I was feeling more empowered than I'd ever felt in my life. And that's actually when Oprah called me. And which was, I mean, it was like so crazy because I was like on top of the world. I felt at one with everyone in the world. I mean, it was just the most amazing time in my life just from doing this process that, that we're going to talk about that I developed during that time. So let me ask you um, for the listeners, is there any one book that, you know, during your time when you're basically healing yourself, um, is there any one book that you read with regards to self-empowerment and law, and tra- love, law of attraction that really, really opened up the gateway for you to begin or to continue your own self-healing journey? Yes. There is one book in particular that when I got it and I started reading it, I, you know, I almost threw it away because I was like, this is just really weird uh-huh. because I was raised Catholic. Right, even yes. Like, I can relate. <laughs> yes. And so uh, I, I got the book, and it's called Ask and It Is Given. Oh, by yes. 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 I, I, it was recommended by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I was like, I started reading it, and I was like, oh, this is so weird. I just, I don't know if I can read this. I just, you know, and then the craziest thing, Rochelle, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Okay, so I read the book, and I'm like, I just said, you know what? Wayne Dyer says that this is amazing and changed his life. I'm going to go ahead and suspend my disbelief, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And it did change my life. I mean, it's, you know, still on my shelf as one of the most life-changing books I've ever read. Yes. And I remember saying to myself, I want more friends who believe in this kind of a loving place, of of a... you know, of a loving universe. Right. And um, about three weeks later, I met Esther Hicks's daughter. <gasps> who lives in San Antonio, and she's now one of my best friends. Oh, my God. Is that crazy or what? And it was just because I, she saw, I was carrying this, like, little duffel bag, and uh-huh. I had done a cartoon on it, and she said, hey, well, that is the cutest cartoon, and it was like a little meditation girl, uh-huh. and we started talking, I didn't know who she was, and and we just became totally friends, and we ended up in a Abraham Hicks study group and all kinds of stuff, and just became friends after that. Okay, so check this out. This is, listeners, you have got to clue in and check this out. What Maritza just said, check it out. She read the book. Ask and it is given, which I absolutely, I think I have all their books. I've read them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you asked to be surrounded by people, you know, that uh, are like-minded in what you, you know, were getting, what you were experiencing with reading this book. 
And, okay, this is just, I, I'm like getting all like, oh, tingly inside. But you asked, and then lo and behold, it was given to you. Yes. By by the um you know Esther Hicks's daughter, so it's like you asked, it was given, but who would have ever thought that you would be given the direct connection exactly to Esther? It's so powerful. I mean, isn't that a trip? That I mean, I could do a we could do a show just on that one aspect <laughs> alone, because that is such a trip. And 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 to me, I have had these these things happen in my life, and it to me, it always is such. A trip. I don't know how I'm from this. I grew up in the 70s, 60s and 70s. I don't know what other word to use to describe. I don't know the, you know, the new kids lingo for what the term trip is, how we relate to it back then. But that, you know, that's such a trip to me because it's like the synchronicity of energy when you're in the right space, in the right moment, the right place and time. And you ask, it is always, always given to you because your vibrational energy matches up with what you're asking and wow wow that is just mm. yeah it's amazing it, and the thing with oprah was very similar yeah um um i, I really do want to ask you about that but i don't want to take um time from you to describe this wonderful wonderful process that you utilized in your life um, to help you. And so tell us, tell us what this wonderful process is that you developed, and then we're going to dwell more into that. And then I promise, 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 I want you to tell um, the people later, the listeners later, about the um, Ask and It's Given Oprah Winfrey process. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. But um but I really want you to get into this beautiful thing because it's so different, so unique, and I'm calling it a secret that you're revealing to the listeners on this show because it's going to be, to them, to some people, it's going to be far-fetched, especially those that were, you know, traditionally raised um, in Catholicism. Sometimes, you know, um, as they call this new age stuff, doesn't match up with what we were raised in, but we've got to step outside those boundaries and know that there's so much more out there for us. Open up your mind and leave the closed mind behind and watch what comes into your life. So tell us about this. This, this. I'm not going to even say it. I'm going to let you introduce it. Go, girl. Okay. It's called the cocooning process, and I called it that because that's basically what I did when I was in that terrible, stressful, fearful, panic attack phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And I did it because – and so I developed these six things that I, I do – and then I added one later um, because I still do this process from time to time when I need it. And so basically I call it cocooning because it is, you know how a little caterpillar envelops itself in a little silky cocoon and it's in there by itself. Yes. You know, and it's having that transformation. And then out of that little caterpillar, out of that little cocoon, comes out this amazing creature that is a butterfly that right. really is like a miracle right and it's a total transformation and so i feel that's what happened to me and and since you know showing others and sharing this stuff um i've seen that 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 transformation is what happens to other people so step one is really important and it sounds very simple but if you don't do step one then none of it is going to work and step one is just deciding that you're worth the time to do the cocooning process, deciding you're worth the time. And nowadays in our overwhelmed world, yes, it's so easy for, for women in particular to say, oh, well, I've got a husband, I've got a job, I've got kids. But if you are not the best you possible, then what example are you setting for your children and how are you – living your purpose in the world, be it through your relationship or helping your clients or being the best that you can be in your your job, you know. So it's really about making that decision that you are going to take time for yourself. And really the process doesn't have to take a long time. I did take a while in the beginning. Uh-huh. But now I, sometimes I'll do it for like 15 minutes and that's it. Um, so it really doesn't have to take a lot of time. So, number, so, yeah. so basically, the first step, everyone, is 
and, and I'm going to emphasize this because I think it's very important, and I think um, men pay attention because you guys do this too, but it's really, really women we do this. We discount ourselves. We put everybody in front of us. We take care of everybody, husband, children, mother, father, in-laws, whatever the case may be. We always find time for them, and we always find time to take care of them because we feel that's our, our, you know, our duty, our responsibility, but we don't do that for ourselves. And I always tell people that if you don't take care of yourself and you're not feeling the best you can be, how can you possibly give the best to all those that you think you're responsible for taking care of? You can't. It's impossible. So what I want people to understand is that in order for you to go out into the world and be the best that you possibly can be 100% of the time, you have got to make time for yourself. You've got to put yourself first. You've got to make yourself a priority, and you've got to stop stop discounting yourself. And what Marisa explains to us during her cocooning process, and I, and I want you guys to hear it, it's cocooning, like as she said, caterpillar cocooning itself and transforming into a butterfly. That caterpillar has taken time to make itself a priority so that it can transform into something much more beautiful and vibrant for the world. And so pay attention to this. Pay attention to what Maritza is saying because I guarantee that when you take this time and make yourself the priority, everything else will fall into your life. It's not going to be always easy and all that stuff, and we're not saying that, but when you make yourself a priority and you take the time for yourself first, everything else will transform and blossom into something beautiful. So go ahead on, Maritza. Continue to explain this to us. I love what you just said. I love what you just said so much. You know what? Because it's true. You hit something so important. If the caterpillar doesn't make that time for itself, it's going to die. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's good. Goosebumps. Okay. Number two is create a quiet space. So you've got to have a space you know, that silky envelope, that cocoon that's mm-hmm. just for you. Because if you don't create it just for you, if you, you know, go and do something with a friend, then it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's still a conversation. It's not just your transformation, you being a little bit selfish, which is not a bad thing. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad thing. If you don't take care of yourself, like Rochelle just said, then, you know, you're not going to have anything to give anyone else. Right. Um, so, and, and really this is about creating a space for you to be able to take care of yourself and start and maintain, hopefully, some of these personal rituals that are transformative. Okay, and step number three is yes. declutter that space. Okay, so this is a sacred space, right? So yes. if there are things that energetically remind you of things that, don't uplift you, then get rid of those. I, ever since I went through this, um, after getting divorced, I go about once every six months and I will do a mega decluttering of my home because I just, ever since then, I'm like, you know, we accumulate so much stuff. Right. And knickknacks and all this, you know, and gifts and everything and, you know, books that you've read that you're already complete with. And so you can go ahead and give them away to somebody else who will benefit from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always give away stuff that I haven't used in a while, books that I've already read that can help somebody else, clothing, and I just declutter my space. Um, Number four is doing a type of meditation that works for you. And so meditation, um, I started learning about it and I started doing it. It was very difficult at first because, you know, we've all got those lists in our head. Yes. Of all the to-dos, all the achieving tasks and all that stuff, which is great. That's really, It's really good to, you know, be a high achiever and, and want to live your purpose. But it's also important to, you know, let yourself relax, let yourself be peaceful, um, let yourself be present in the – right now mm-hmm. and so I think it's really important um, I started doing these meetup groups and this is when I really learned this and this is part of the Oprah story that I'll feed in here um, I started doing there's a social marketing site social media site that started I think in 
2004, 2005. Uh-huh. It was one of the first ones. So it's meetup.com. And oh, yeah. In my area. And three <coughs> people came to the first one. And then I had it on a weekly basis every Wednesday night. And it just grew and grew and turned into this giant group. And so I would help people with all of these, this whole process. And so when I would go through meditations with them, the next week some people would come back and be like, wow, I cannot do that. So I really started researching meditation and mm-hmm. finding that it's okay. It's wherever you find that you get into the flow of the present moment. Right. That's all it is. And so if if it doesn't work for you to sit in, in the lotus position and, you know, do a mantra for half an hour, then it doesn't work for you. If it works for you to um, do a walking meditation. Right then that works for you. If it works for you to do the laundry and you kind of just get into the flow and you feel the fabrics and you smell the smells and all that, you're folding and you're just doing repetitive motions, then that works for you. Mm-hmm. So it's really what is going to get you into the flow of the present moment and being really mindful. Love and it. Step, step number five is a specific journaling process that, I developed because I had been journaling for a long time and I'd been really doing it, you know, in the way that most of us do journals. And I call that a negative diary. So I would get my journal and be like, okay, and this happened to me today. And (laughs) I can't believe they said that. And I'm just so mad. And I should have said this, you know, I've done that. I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and, and then, oh my gosh, I gained five pounds, you know, all that just horrible negative stuff that's making it more real in our lives. Right. So I decided, you know what? All I'm going to do every morning when I wake up, I go outside with my cup of coffee, I sit in my hammock, I, you know, if it's not raining, and I will journal one page of everything I am, I have to be grateful for, everything that I have in my life to be appreciative of. And during sad times, sometimes it's just that, hey, the sun came out, or I'm breathing. Right. You know, when you're in those deep, dark places, so as long as it's just things that you have to appreciate, and it gets easier every day, and then the list gets longer, and then more joy, you know? So it's it's more of the self-fulfilling stuff. And then number six is when you're in this quiet time, listen. Listen to yourself. That's what's so amazing about this, that you're not in – conversation with somebody else you're not listening to your mom you're not listening to your spouse you're not with your kids it's all about you and when you get quiet when you declutter when you appreciate then you have space for you know your real dreams and your real vision for your life and your real purpose to come out and so it's so important to to be there listening and aware to when those amazing moments come up that's true. It's true. And, and and people, I want you to not feel guilty about doing any of this. I mean, she still has one more step to tell us about, but <clears throat> it's not until you get to that point where you stop and listen to yourself. And at first you might have, hear negative chatter. You, I mean, it, it, it really is true. You might have a little bit of negative chatter. But beyond that, you'll start hearing yourself talk about your dreams, your hopes, your wishes, what you what you appreciate, what you love, what brings you peace, what brings you joy. Um, it, it really is something that is really enlightening and um, eye-opening because when you start hearing that stuff and when you start paying attention to what you're what you are saying to yourself, you allow more to come into you and you have a greater appreciation for yourself. So it's really, really a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's different in the beginning, but then you become to love it and you and you become to really enjoy and value this time that you have with yourself. Definitely. Oh, my gosh, it's such a gift. (laughs) And so step number seven is it's like a prescription. Repeat as necessary. Love it. So it's just, you know, I I went through that period after the divorce, and I did the cocooning for a while, and I actually told my family and friends, I'm kind of stepping away from everything. I'm just going to take a little bit of some time for myself. Um, And I did it for a while, and then now – I'll just tell my husband, you know what, I need to go cocoon for 15 minutes. And I'll go 
to my quiet space, make sure it's decluttered energetically, do my meditation, do my journal of appreciation, and just see what's going on. And just it's a, also a way of resting right. you know, from what's going on in our lives. And so those are the seven steps to the cocooning process. I love that. Um, I love, um, I'm a certified meditation specialist, and I've been doing that for a long time. And um, <clears throat> I'm a person with naturally a lot of fire, as we call it, Ayurveda, which is what I practice, uh, my discipline, my medical discipline, I should say. Um, I have a lot of pitta. I have a lot of fire. It just is something I've always had. I've known about it. It's my it's my composition. Um, but what I found with meditation was it cooled my fire and brought things that may have been out of a realistic viewpoint for me, brought it into a realistic viewpoint, meaning, you know, where I may have been displacing um, lack of inadequacies within myself or my lack of self-esteem or confidence and you know, and instead of displaying that in a positive manner, it would come out in this fire, be hot like fire, um, mm. and not really being useful in a in a purposeful or useful way, so to speak. And so, what meditation did was bring my attention to that, let me know that it was okay, and 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 then through the gift of meditation, I've been able to, as we say in our land of sassiness, um, get a download. And the downloads come to me from God, the divine, whoever you, you know, you want to worship or, you know, whatever your thing is. But for me, it's God. And and during that time period, I get these little lessons um, or strategies, I want to say more like, that helps me to keep my fire in check and not out of balance. And I love how you mentioned that, you know, a lot of times people see Meditation is sitting for hours like the Buddhist Zen people and, you know, in the lotus position and so on and so forth. And I tell people, you know, you, there's so much more to meditation than that. You know, you can meditate for five minutes. You can meditate for five hours. It's what it is for you. Walking meditations are wonderful. Even just taking five minutes and being in touch with your, you know, your breath or you know, your body or whatever it is, that's a form of meditation. But what it does is it allows you to give back to yourself in a non-judgmental, non-committal way because it's just whatever is flowing into you is, is, I should say, whatever's flowing out of you is flowing into you. And it's really a beautiful way to restore and bring back balance. And I know that you have, um, you know, you mentioned the different types of meditations. Can you give us some tips regarding the different forms of meditation? Well, I, I think it's so personal that it's it's best for each person to, the thing I would say is to see when you are in doing something and the time passes by so quickly and when you, you're forced to be in the present moment. So I think those are two things that are so important. Mm -hmm. So, like, the time should pass by quickly because you're just kind of in the flow. Right. And then being in the present moment. For me, I love writing first thing in the morning because um, in the the writing arena, they, they drag it with a um, – it ends up looking – it's like a bunch of sand. It's a, the place where I ride. Uh-huh. And they drag it in the mornings. Um, with something that makes it look like a giant Japanese sand garden. Ooh. So it has all of those, um, like, circles in it. Uh-huh. And so I'm the first one in there with my horse, and I just love, you know, making the little, the new circles with the horse hooves and just being there with the horse and totally early in the morning. So it's like I have to be there in the present moment with the horse. Uh -huh. And the time goes by so quickly. So I think it could happen swimming. I think it could happen sometimes laundry. Right. Um, even, this is so going to sound so weird, but even driving. Right. If you're in that, what, like you said, non-judgmental place, and you're driving and you're just in the flow, that my husband loves driving, and he uses it as a meditation and for me it's so strange because that doesn't work for me right for him, he's like he goes and drives in the mountains and just feels the air the windows open and for him that's what works you know that's a trip because <laughs> i 
that I think about that, I do that. I sometimes I do that. I um, I just go for a drive. I, you know, I um, will drive out to the country and just with no, you know, I'll put my dogs in the car and have no like rhyme or reason of what I'm doing or what I'm doing. I'm just going out, and it 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 does. It's the dogs love it. Um, and then for me, it's just like I I don't know. It just it's like gives me a sense of peace and calm and and a restorative type of thing. It's it's really hard to explain, but then I know that it's being benef- it's beneficial to me. I feel it, you know, it I feel good. I feel it's not like a chore, like you connecting with the horses and going out the first thing in the morning and, and I know those patterns. I, I, I can see it as you know, you were talking about. It. I'm like, I know those patterns like when they drag the baseball field, you know, it's yes. It's so beautiful, and you know, and you're using your horse as a part of your therapeutic meditation. And the horse probably does or does not know it. Who knows? But uh, I'm sure they do um, because you're connected to them. But you know, it's it's you're benefiting the horse. You're benefiting yourself. It's it's wholesome. You know, it's loving. It's peaceful. It's all those wonderful nurturing things that we always look for, and it and it does really lead you to being less stressed and and traveling down that, you know, your path to bliss. And I like how you use the journaling. I like how you mention that because I tell my clients that as well. But what I really like about what you said with regards to journaling, because like I mentioned, um, it's still an outlet for me when I'm really pissed off. And instead of blowing the volcano top, you know, I go to my journal and write it down. Lo and behold, I feel so much better. You know, feel so much better, and I haven't hurt anyone's feelings, but I've got all that stuff, all that toxic material out of right. me on paper, and I could even burn the paper if I wanted to and just let it go completely. But you use journaling in the form of appreciation, and I think a lot of times we don't appreciate our lives, ourselves, our family, or whatever the case may be. And so why do you think that um, journaling for appreciation works so much better than just regular journaling. Can touch upon that for us, please? I think it is a, a prayer of gratitude on paper. Oh, I love that. Say that so, and listen up, you guys. Listen to this. This is this is very impactful. Go ahead, Maritza. I think it's a prayer of gratitude on paper. And so you and I, I I'm I'm also God, and so I feel like. So many times our prayers are like, please give me this. So it's like God's like Santa Claus. Please give me make this happen. And so um, gratitude and appreciation is just, you know, putting that energy out of I am so blessed with everything that I have. And then you can just allow more stuff to come back. Um, And so many of us just, we get caught up in the daily overwhelm of life, mm-hmm. and we forget really to appreciate everything we have. One of the biggest things that has impacted me in my life is um, traveling to third world, world countries mm-hmm. and just seeing, like, oh, my gosh, how blessed we are. You know, right. I always come back, like, whoa, and, and seeing, like, okay, I live in a castle, you know? Right. So, um just it totally shifts my perspective and and makes me so much more appreciative and grateful for what I do have. But the the journaling, I have never done it and ever left feeling worse than I did when I started writing. I always end up feeling better. And if you can kind of force yourself in the beginning, you know, in the times when the dark times when all you have to be grateful for is breathing. Right. You can look around and say, oh, my gosh, there's a beautiful flower or there's a cloud that looks like this. There's a butterfly. There's a bird. Anything to appreciate to kind of get you into that more appreciative appreciative space, um, that can be really helpful. 
I love that. that. That's really beautiful because, you know, we really opened up our conversation today with regards to how you came about on your journey to, you know, self-empowerment, how you're just this beautiful, beautiful lady and you have all this talent um, in more ways than we could ever expand upon on this show. But we opened up when you said, I began, you know, and I read the book, Ask and It Is Given. And then what you just said with regards to the Journal of Appreciation, it, it, uh, Jerry and Esther Hicks, as well as Abraham, if anyone's familiar with them, um, Abraham is, I'm not really sure if I'm going to describe this correctly, but I'm going to say a spiritual entity that communicates to us through Esther Hicks. And, you know, when you appreciate things, um, you attract more to appreciate. And it's so true. When my kids were little, they were growing up, I made a point of having them go through their toys every, like twice a year, usually with spring and, and then right before Christmas time, but go through their toys, go through their clothes, go through their shoes, go through everything that they no longer could wear, fit, they no longer played with, that no longer served them. And we would bag it up and then we would go out and give it, you know, donate it to the homeless shelter or things of that nature. And what I would tell them when they were little was, you guys are so blessed and you have so much to appreciate, but there are people in the world that would be grateful to get that shirt that you think is old or ugly or whatever. They would be so grateful because they don't have that. And and lo and behold, you know, we did this and now my kids are grown. But when my son was off in college in New York, he told me, he came home one summer and he said, you know what, Mom, all the lessons you taught us when we were growing up, we just did it because we just didn't want to get in trouble, you know, bagging stuff up and, you know, being forced to give away stuff that we thought we still valued, but we don't. He goes, but what I realized since I've gone off on my own and I'm in college and I'm way across country in New York is that people really, truly don't live like us. And there are people that we could be living next door to that have it so much worse than we have or we can ever imagine. It's just we don't see that in the context of things. And so he says, thank you for teaching me that. Thank you for teaching me to, appre to appreciate the small things in life, because without the appreciation of the small things, how could I ever learn to know and accept and appreciate larger things that God is going to give to me? And with that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think he, I, think I did it. I think I did it right. And and so when you mention the Journal of Appreciation, um, I just I, it just has such a profound effect on so many aspects of our life that I, I don't even think that in this time period that we have that the audience, you know, the listeners could really grasp the profoundness of it. But what I want them to do is to take this message to home, take it to heart, and to try it and watch what manifests in your life. Watch how you feel. Watch how you really transform like that little that little caterpillar in that cocoon. You know, watch how you transform in, into this beautiful butterfly. And I especially want them to use your cocooning process because it's just a wonderful summary of just really loving yourself and being really yummy and kind to yourself. I I love what a gift you gave your children. Thank that is so beautiful. Thank you. It wasn't you know it wasn't anything that was that I experienced as a child um, growing up. But I just my heart is always I'm a giver by nature. And sometimes when you're really a giving giving person, you give 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 give. But it's a lot of times it's really hard to receive because you want to give. And when you receive, you feel you're taking something from someone. But what I had to learn was that you have to learn to appreciate the giving so that you can appreciate the receiving as well. And so it's just um, I don't know where it came from. You know, I, I don't know, you know, why I even thought to teach my children that, but um, I just want them to know that, you know, life is way beyond us in our own little world. And the little things that we do can have such a profound effect on other people in ways that we will never, ever know. It can make someone's life so much better um, by the words we say or the smile we give to them or, you know, by the things we give away that helps others. And so um, I just love having you here on this show. I feel like I, I'm just in this really 
you know, really, really happy, yummy, blissful place. And I'm sharing it with you, Maritza. And it's, oh, me too. I feel the same way. I feel like I'm giving, I'm like sending you this hug. I'm giving you a hug and a, and a, you know, a nice, loving, warm kiss because, um, it's this has been very therapeutic for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm receiving it and I'm sending it right back. Okay, I'm taking, I'm receiving it too. Now I know uh, we're getting. Oh God, I could talk to you forever. We're getting really close on our time, and I and I did promise that I wanted. Um, I really want you to talk about your retreat center, and I want you to tell the people a little bit about your Oprah thing, because I know people. There might be people that just tuned in to hear about the Oprah thing, you know, so let's, let's talk about Oprah first. We only have like maybe eight more minutes, but let's talk about Oprah first really quick. And then I want you to really talk about your retreat center because I think you're doing some beautiful things there. Okay, great. So the Oprah story is just so crazy. It's almost like the story of my friend Tracy, um, Esther's daughter. Mm. So, I, I had created this cocooning process. I had come to a place where I really had befriended myself again, and I had gotten over the panic attacks without medication. And so I was in this amazingly self-empowered place. And I thought, you know, I want to teach this to other people because I knew there were other women out there like me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's one out of four women in this country are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. You know, I mean, that's wrong. It's crazy. Yeah. Yes. And Oh, my gosh. And so I I found meetup.com, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to try starting a meetup. And I also did it for some selfish reasons, too. I wanted to teach this and share this, but I also know that when you teach, you master more. Right. And I never wanted to be in that place. I, I found myself totally disempowered. So I started a meetup. Three people came to the first one, and I kept doing it, and each week it just grew. I started it at a Whole Foods community room because Whole Foods uh, supermarkets, sometimes they'll have a community room that you can use for things like that and for free, <coughs> and they have, like, tables and chairs and whiteboards and stuff. Uh-huh. And so I started it there. Then I grew out of that into an art gallery that had a lot of space, and my just my meetings just grew and grew and I was teaching these things and it was just amazing and one day it was Wednesday that's when my meetings were and I I usually never answer my phone I just let it go to voicemail and I'll get it later so I never even look at the caller ID but this time I was standing right next to the phone and it rang and it said Harpo Inc. Oh. And I was like what? And then I remember thinking, you know, things in my life are going so great, that could happen. And so I picked up the phone, and it was this woman called Corny Cole, who was Oprah's producer. Uh-huh. And she said, hey, and it was the year, it was 2007 when the movie The Secret came yes. out. Yes, And so basically, Oprah was looking for somebody who was like, who could be the voice for a regular person, like the man on the street, uh-huh. of how they're using Law of Attraction. And so Corny talked to me for a while, and she was like, uh, tell, tell me about your group and everything. And then she asked me to do a survey of my group, and she would call me the next day and ask, you know, what were the results of the survey. So immediately, like, I, I got off the phone, I called one of my friends, and I was like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what happened. And so I got to my meetup, and everyone was, like, crazy excited so we did the survey. The next day, she called me back and asked me, and she said, you know what, Oprah's definitely going to want to talk to you. So they set up the whole um, interview, and it was amazing. I mean, it was so much fun. And the crazy thing is, okay, so during the interview, I was telling her all about, you know, examples of how this stuff had changed the lives of the people in my group uh-huh. and my life and all that. And I – Really, at the time, I was, you know, kind of anti going to church and anti everything. And I was like, it's all the law of attraction, that's it. And then in the middle of it, Oprah said, you know what? This is God. The law of attraction is God. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. And I was like, it was just such an amazing Uh interview. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just so cool. And and so that's that's my Oprah story. It was crazy. And, oh, my gosh, no, I forgot one of the best things. Um, 
she they had told me when they were prepping for the interview they uh-huh. said don't mention websites don't mention products and don't gush and say i love you oprah and i was like that's okay i won't so at the end of the interview she liked what i said so much she said what's the name of your website i want to share it with people oh wow I, I didn't have a website though i i was just using the meetup site and uh-huh. i knew that this was a golden opportunity and so i had bought some domain names and so you know one of them flew out of my mouth and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't go check because there's nothing there. Right. And so I immediately went to Craigslist, and I found somebody to tutor me how to put up websites. And uh-huh. I put one up as soon as humanly possible. And then I did a Law of Attraction podcast and, and got a bunch of listeners and subscribers, and it was amazing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One of these days, that's my goal. One of these days I'm going to, I'm putting it out there. <clears throat> so one of these days, you know, if I, I've said this for years, and I'm going to be on the Oprah show. One of these days I'm going to be on the Oprah show. Well, I didn't really know what I was going to be in the Oprah show about, you know, or anything. But I'm still saying, one of these days I'm going to be on the Oprah show. She's an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. You know, she's a kick-butt woman, entrepreneur. So am I. Just not at her level yet. But, and you notice I said yet. <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's just, it's, I just love her. I mean, she just, um, she's just done some amazing things. Okay, so let me quit talking about me and what I want. I want you to talk. We've got two minutes. So I want you to talk about your retreat center in San Antonio, Texas. Well, basically, it's, it's, um, 12 acres, and I have 11 horses right now, which is a little too much, but, um, we have a little three month old baby right now. Oh, uh, oh, 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 but still, oh, precious. Yes, and so we bring groups of entrepreneurs out here who really want to um, learn how to make money with their passions and stuff like that. So uh-huh. really fun. We just bring them out here. My husband and I both teach them, and we have fun with the horses, and it's just we, we really are, we feel very blessed. Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, I could talk, we could go on and talk, and I'm going to bring you back as an encore guest because you have so much, and you're so you're so connected with, with what I do, even though you are the product que- creation queen. You have so much, you're so much more than that. You're so much more spiritual and, and loving, and you just have this beautiful essence of energy Um that goes beyond just being the kick kick butt entrepreneur that you are with all the talent you have. You really are truly a genuinely spiritually gifted person, um, and I think the world should connect with you. And so I want you to tell them how they can connect with you um, and continue to be inspired and enlightened by you. Well, probably the best place is my blog and that's just my name which is spelled m-a-r-i-t-z-a-p-a-r-r-a.com and so I've got different categories there so if you're not into the entrepreneurial stuff there's all kinds of self-empowerment stuff there too. I love that so I'm going to repeat that again you guys. You can get in contact with Maritza Para at her website, which is M like Mary, A R I T like Tom, Z like Zebra, A, and then P like Paul, A R R A dot com. Go there, get in touch with Maritza and her spirituality. And if you're an entrepreneur, you definitely want to go there because she's got a whole other aspect that will just take you to another level with with what you're doing entrepreneurial. And on that note, Maritza, Maritza, I like to say your name. The Latino way, Latina way, Maritza. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I absolutely love you. Um, you've just been a gift to all of us today. I thank you so much for saying yes when I asked you. And um, and I'm definitely coming to San Antonio, Texas soon. We'll have to set that up the next time I see you, um, just so I could play with the horses and just be in your presence and in in your zone, zen, your zen zone. 
Um, but thank you so much. Um, I truly believe that the listeners are getting a gift today. And with that, I'm going to close the show and say I am Rochelle Lawson. You've been listening to Blissful Living. I know we took you on a journey that you probably didn't expect when we talked about horses, cocooning, and just being truly open to receiving and appreciating your life. And so with that, I'm going to say thank you once again for listening. I I feel so honored to bring this show to you. I am Rochelle Lawson. This is Blissful Living. I am wishing you much health and wellness. And it is my intention to bring peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Have a fabulous day and take care, everyone. Bye. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson. R-O-C-H-E-L-E Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.